but when I'm classified by the outside world as like an overachiever and someone who's super productive, it's really hard to step out of that when I want to. And then I end up with what you were talking about, about burnout, right? So it's all about standing so strong in your own freaking feet while being in that. Welcome to the Life Coach Baker Podcast, the place to be to gain a rock-solid mindset, create powerful habits, and leap into the life of your dreams. I'm your host, life and mindset coach, entrepreneur, and goal-smashing extraordinaire, Nicole Baker. I am here to bring you actionable and applicable tools that you can use in your own life to launch yourself forward, to gain that clarity, and to ignite your motivational fire in order to achieve anything your heart desires. If you have a dream that feels crazy ambitious, if you are an aspiring achiever, or if you know that you are ready to leap into a life that you absolutely love, then you are in the right place. I'm so happy to have you here, and let's dive in. Hello, hello, guys. Welcome to this week's episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast. I am so freaking happy to have had Bailey Fritz Harrison on the show this week. She is so many amazing things, and I think that's one of the reasons her and I just immediately connected upon meeting, but she's a, I mean, she's an artist, she's a creative, she's a entrepreneur, she's a coach, she's an environmentalist, she's a vegan, she's all these beautiful different things and all wrapped up into one extremely passionate down-to-earth person and I'm so grateful to have had her on the show. So I wanted to say right off the top of the top of the bat, the top of the bat, I wanted to just say right off the top that I... And I know I say this every episode, but you guys, it really, it never is neutralized to me that you could be doing anything and yet you're here and you're in community with me and our fellow listeners. And it just, it means so flippin' much to me that you guys are here and sharing this with me. And I just, I, I, I hope you know that that never is, is, I, I always feel so grateful for you all. And coming up on the show in the next few weeks, we're going to have some amazing people and incredible conversations and I just like I just want to say that is so much attested to you you all like the fact that you guys come on here and support the show is just so incredibly gratifying and I just I appreciate you all so stinking much if you have not please take one moment it takes 30 seconds or less to just hit that five star button and maybe write a little review in the comments you'll get a little shout out on the podcast but it really does help so much to get the word out there and to get us higher on the charts and to get more people listening to the show so that we can do more and more things like this and I just that's the teeny tiny little ask that I have for you all if that's something you've already done or if you're like I don't have apple podcast how rumpf then what I all I ask for you to do is text one friend one friend that's it and just share your favorite episode of the podcast with them or better yet an episode you think that they need to hear maybe it's the episode on understanding your habits or how to make decisions 
or starting a business or a passion project like we did for last week's episode or if they're super into environmentalism send them this one or if they're an artist or anything like that send them this one as well but like that little share will just help so much and also we're spreading the word and we're helping more people in the world so I I, I want to be able to do this and I I can't do it alone and so I must ask that little favor of you all in return but I just I hope you know how much I appreciate you and how much I love you all from the bottom of my heart every single week it just it blows my mind what we're able to do here and and we're and I like I've said we're just freaking getting started so without further ado because I could gush forever and you guys know I can because I have before let's dive into this week's episode with Bailey Fritz Harrison enjoy guys oh my goodness Bailey here we are again (laughs) welcome to the podcast first of all before we even dive into anything who are you and what does your beautiful self do okay um thank you for having me I'm super excited um my name is Bailey I'm an artist an entrepreneur and an environmentalist Um, So on the art side of things, I'm kind of an artist of like all kinds um, from things like drawing and painting to sculpture to architecture, which is what I got my degree in, well, in interior architecture um, and in even like dreaming up music video ideas. So really anything (laughs) that you could consider visual art, I'm super interested in. Um, And I believe that creatives kind of can and should be many things like whatever it is that they're interested in I am not about being put in a box with my creativity (laughs) um as an entrepreneur I am a creativity coach meaning that I help people unleash their creative power through a focus on process mindset and authenticity Mm -hmm. um I think of brainstorming as one of my like superpowers um so working with creative minds is like totally where I want to be Um, And then as an environmentalist, I'm a vegan. I love the planet Earth. Uh, My favorite thing to do is hang out on the beach. And I pretty much just think the whole planet is magical. Oh, my God. I adore you. And I literally like I, I love that. Like, literally, I ask you, I'm like, who are you? What do you do? And you're like, let me just show you all the things. And it's just like, it's so freaking cool that you have all this stuff. I there's one word that you said I want to touch on really quickly. And that word is authenticity. Mm. I love that you say that you work with people and make them dive into their authenticity. Cause first of all, there's not enough of that. I think we can all agree that like, especially with social media, we're seeing just highlight reel after highlight reel after highlight reel. And being authentic has such a different meaning now because it's like being authentic has gotten in ways of like, oh, well, you can like post a video or a picture of you talking about an anxiety attack on Instagram, or you can show up as yourself every single day. And it's like, there's like, we don't really think, we don't really lean into the second one because we're constantly thinking of other people. Totally. I think you're so right about the social media point too. I mean, I think that social media can be used for like beautiful things and especially for artists it's an amazing platform um but I definitely think that it it, I mean it causes so much distance from our authenticity because we know at least one person if not the whole world is always watching yes (laughs) I want to ask because I I love you I love that you have this word was there a certain did something happen where like you're like I really want to include this word in my 
entrepreneurship and my mm-hmm. ideal client avatar even. Mm-hmm. I think I, since I was little, have had kind of one of those attitudes of like, don't <laughs> tell me what to do. Um, I'm but, shocked. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's true. Um, but it's funny. I mean, I was also a very like, I think where it comes from is I was also a very, very shy kid. Um, and I, I was not outgoing at all. And I didn't have one of those, like, don't tell me what to do attitudes where I walked around and did whatever I want. It was more like in my head or at home or something. Um, and I think that like that combination over time has kind of helped me evolve into someone who like, I, I feel, I feel pretty comfortable in like being who, who I am. And I don't think I've ever felt I mean everyone feels sometimes like they need to like put up a little facade or something right but that's never been something that I felt every single day and I think that that's like because of my family and where I grew up and like lots of pieces and also just my my personality right um but I think that I've seen that like that struggle in myself and also in other people and consistently what I've found is just that like when you're being authentic and yourself like that's when you feel the most successful. That's when other people like enjoy what you're doing the most. Like it's pretty much just like win, 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 win every single way you look at it. Totally. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love so much that you're someone who has always really marched to the beat of her own drum. And, and you touched on how your parents were big influences. Can you talk about how, um, what, how all they influenced you? Cause I know that they are badasses. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> Yes, I can. They're awesome. Um, So my parents are great. Uh, They are both artists. Neither of them are artists right now, like full-time as their jobs, I guess, but they both still do art all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've always kind of thought of them as. Um, My mom is a visual artist similar to me of kind of like whatever project comes to her mind. So she, when I was little, I remember her doing like mosaic projects and then like going to welding classes and whatever she takes a lot of uh photos she often like volunteered in my uh classes as a kid as like uh to help with art projects and stuff um she took us on one field trip where we made like a photography book and it was just like her idea and then the whole like I think it was third grade the whole third grade class had like a full photography book that we had finished that we like got to take home so that's pretty cool um, oh my gosh yeah she has a lot a lot of creativity running through her veins um and my dad he's a musician um so we've always had like a music room in our house and I don't play any instruments um but that like cre- creative energy has totally influenced me mm-hmm. um and yeah I mean they're both they're both like self-taught artists um and they I think that they're because of that their energy I guess goes back to authenticity like it is just truly like their art and their creativity that drives their projects and their ideas um and you know having an art education is amazing and I have one and I feel super lucky for it but also there's something beautiful about like both of my parents who don't have an art education and when I see like their work it's so clearly their work because yeah. it's they're the only thing that's ever influenced it. Oh my gosh. I So I was talking to a friend recently. We were saying how a lot of our parents have that like high need for certainty where it's like you have one job, you get your mm-hmm. 401k, you work there for 50, 60 years, mm-hmm. and then you retire 
and then you die. Like, you know, it's like <laughs> our, our family's really living and, and um, imposing, a lot of families impose this model on um, us millennials and even younger generations. And it's just not how the way the world works anymore. And I love mm-hmm. that it sounds so much to me like from such a young age, your parents really taught you to trust your creative side, trust that right brain. She really knows what's up. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like the, the photography class and how like suddenly you had this big like physical thing all from an idea mm-hmm. in someone's head. And it's like, what a beautiful lesson to have learned at such a young oh, age and have been able to master after over so long. Like, yeah. Yeah, they are, they're great. They totally have always encouraged me. And I have a younger brother who's four years younger, the same, same thing. Um, yeah, they've both always been like that. And um, also pretty, all four of us, my parents, my brother and I are all super dyslexic um, in all different like little ways. Yeah. Um, and I think that that, I mean, being dyslexic also totally aids creativity Yes, Um, like a ton and then also it has it like made them you know they understood growing up going through school like what was like difficult for them what didn't work for them what did work for them and so when it came to me and my brother they both knew like we have to like they have to figure it out they have to try different things like they didn't they knew that like you know putting us in like one box and one line being like go this way that wasn't gonna work and that wouldn't work for anyone in my house (laughs) god I think that's like my number one pet peeve because then it also when like you start to get in touch with your creative side if you've only been on that straight path box Mm -hmm. then you're like I have to only pick one thing I can only do one thing and Mm -hmm. while I do that like if you're especially like trying to tackle a goal a tackling one goal at a time, I think is really important. However, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you have to only be one person at a time. And mm-hmm. I, I just want to say for listeners who might be hearing this and being like, well, this is easy for you guys. You had parents who were so supportive of your creative side. You had blah, blah, blah. That's not like, yes, that was a gift to us, but that is not unique to us. Like mm-hmm. we did not, the, the reason that we have these skills and stuff is not because we had that influence, it's because we chose to listen to those influences. There's mm-hmm. a huge difference there mm-hmm. because you can have parents. I, I know a few friends who have parents who are in that one mind, one track, 401k mindset, but they decided to listen to a different influential voice and they're exactly in the same ballpark as us. Mm -hmm. So I want to just tackle any of those beliefs (laughs) that were like, well, easy for you. Um, I also want to touch on because you were born, raised, everything vegetarian. You've never, I want you to tell it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. So I was born and raised vegetarian, obviously born, I guess, whatever, but I was raised vegetarian. (laughs) Um, Everyone uh, in my house is a vegetarian, my little brother as well. And Um, I've never eaten meat before in my life. Uh, Neither has my little brother. He's the only other person I know other than this one four-year-old who has a really cool mom that I know (laughs) also has never eaten meat. Um, But other than her, just me and my brother. Um, And yeah, that's been, that's also like something that I feel like really proud of and just excited by like all the time. That feels super true to who I am. yeah, and about four years ago, I decided to go vegan. So I've been vegan for um, a little bit over four years. My 
um, kind of when I was little, my idea of being a vegetarian was centered around animals and animal cruelty. And like, mm-hmm. I cared about animals and it was all about animals. Um, and when you're little, that like t- totally makes sense. Right. Yeah. And now that's still like huge, huge, huge part of it that hasn't dissipated at all. But now there's the addition of like, Oh, now I understand the environmental impact of these things. Definitely. And, um, that became like a huge, a huge part of that for me also. Um, so yeah, it's both the, the environment, the animals and the people. I mean, all of this has a lot to do with people as well. Totally. And uh, my question for you, did, was there a moment when you were, you know, do, do, do living my life as a vegetarian? Was there a moment that you were like, I want to become vegan or suddenly have that huge identity shift? Actually, kind of. It's kind of funny. Um, I, so I always was a vegetarian and I always like thought about it as like, yeah, this is me. I'm doing good for the planet. Right. And for most of my life, I didn't, I didn't really think that like, like I knew obviously what being a vegan was and all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I didn't think of them as totally like, as it, as, like, I didn't think of it as another step towards environmentalism really for a oh. long time. I kind of just thought of it as like, another version of kind of what I was already doing um and then it was actually like it was the day before Thanksgiving um and I was like out of nowhere with my like don't tell me what to do attitude out of nowhere I was just like okay everyone I'm a vegan now we're not like this is what it is like it just switched in my head and I was like okay and I remember like I went to Thanksgiving the next day and um it's just like the four of us my family who are (laughs) vegetarians Um, and the rest of my family, like aunts, uncles, grandparents, they all eat meat. Um, and so they've always kind of like in a playful way made fun of us. And like, yeah, sure. Um, I remember going to Thanksgiving the next day and my grandma just being like, are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) why did you do this to me the day before Thanksgiving? Oh, did you stick with it? Were you so, did you so, and you haven't, like, was that like a shift and like you ever since? Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. I have to ask you, do you know the four tendencies by Gretchen Rubin? Um, not in detail. I, I would be so curious to find out what you are. Okay. Because I have a feeling it's one of two. <laughs> okay. so, I'll do it and I'll let you know. Please do, because that would be really fascinating to find out. Okay. Oh my gosh. So I, I have a very similar story, but it has a lot less of a eternal shift to it. <laughs> I was at, I was in Oklahoma City and we used to have, or excuse me, I was in uh, Muskogee, Oklahoma, and we used to have Thanksgiving there every year with my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And we were at Red Lobster a few nights prior. And you know how there's like the lobster tanks there. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was young and I was like looking at the lobsters and I was like, they're so cute, like creepy little things, they're claws. <laughs> and my, oh, was it my grandma or my grandpa? I can't remember. They were like, they were talking and I heard them talking behind me saying like, do you think she realizes that those things are going to die? And I, I had one of those moments where I turned around like, like cartoon eyes. Like, I mean, my cats are already giant, like cartoon characters, but like even bigger, like swelling with tears, almost like anime style like that. What? Like, and I was like, I'm going vegetarian. And I decided that that's it. Thanksgiving was the next day. Uh huh. I, didn't last, but I, I oh, think it's so funny. It's like the day before Thanksgiving. It's always like, no, like, yeah, that's it's, so funny. Oh my god, that was that was one of those moments. But I will say, last year, um, 
for listeners, you know that I go on and off Whole30 pretty often. My boyfriend and I decided to do an entirely Whole30 Thanksgiving, which was Mm. super, like, which is no butter, no dairy, no gluten, no um, wheat, anything like that, no sugar. Mm -hmm. And it was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people believe, like, well, you can't do the holidays without, like, turkey like that's uh-huh. yeah it's, it's like no in actuality if it's if it's something that means enough to you you can do anything always totally I so agree I think it um it has a, a reputation of being really difficult for sure um but I mean I, I've been doing it my whole life literally since day one and I've had people ask me like every question ever right like oh, I'm sure where do you get your iron or if you were stranded on an island you're telling me you wouldn't eat one of the animals there and I'm like dude I'm not on an island right now I'll deal oh with that when I'm stranded God. like what are you talking about um but yeah your comment about being like a little kid in the restaurant like that is so relatable because um I feel like you know little kids I feel like they under like their their compassion is so strong and they understand this stuff like so much once they once you like explain to them what's happening um totally yeah I had a a good example of this where I have um my my boyfriend he has a younger brother who's in high school and um he in middle school just decided out of nowhere like only like a little bit after I had met my boyfriend his little brother decided out of nowhere, like, I'm a vegetarian now. And then he hasn't eaten meat since then. Oh my God. And my boyfriend is a vegetarian and their mom is a vegetarian now. And like, it's just like, once you are around it and you like understand what's happening, it's really not that hard. It's, that's the thing is like, I think it comes from, from one of two things. And these things are really similar. I like to believe that when anything is a should, it's difficult. We make it really hard on ourselves, but mm-hmm. when it's a must, there's no question. There's no decisions mm-hmm. to be made because it's a must for you. And you already have all totally. those decisions out. Another way of phrasing that is, um, like, I guess like I maybe want to start possibly eating vegetarian versus I am a vegetarian. Right. There's a huge difference between those two. Like, totally. um, I'll use it even, I was talking to a client recently about the difference between like, I kind of want to like dabble into this side of art, maybe possibly versus I am a writer. There's Mm. a huge difference there. And she actually took that and ran with it. And if she's listening, I'm fucking proud. Like it's so amazing (laughs) what she's done with it. And, but that little shift suddenly erased all the excuses and erased all of the, well, I could do this or Mm -hmm. I could do this. It's like, well, no, I am a writer. So I spend blah, 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 doing this every single day. Right. Right. Whatever that looks like. That's so true. I feel like I could obviously talk about any of these topics all freaking day. Um, But I just had like one more thought about this whole thing is that um, that that idea of like, you know, being really like, yes, this is what I'm doing. You know, that is exactly what it is for me because it's been like a moral thing since forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And for other people, I think that sometimes what's hard about it is that like that exact thing of like, okay, well, I don't want to be this strict about it and I don't want to, but I also know that if I just like half-ass do it, nothing's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think that a lot of the time, like for some people, what I've seen be successful is like alleviating the pressure kind of, because like 
it feels like such a serious thing sometimes. And to some people, it totally is. Like to me, I, I'm like in, right? <laughs> but like sometimes for other people, like the pressure of it creates this like, this like fear or this like, I have to do it perfect or I can't do it at all, right? And that's a huge thing. I mean, I could go into how that also relates to creativity, but I think that like when you're talking about being a vegetarian, people, you know, they, they feel exactly like that, like too much pressure, too much stress. I can't deal with that. But if we just look at it like, okay, well, like an example of like milk, like plant-based milk is way better for the planet because it takes way less water, you yeah. know, like one switch like that, like, there you go. Like, I think, I think it's scary as a whole sometimes, but when you break it down, it's super achievable. It's like, there's, there's this, there's this quote that says, you don't have to see the whole staircase. You only have to take the first step. It's mm-hmm. a Martin quote, but it's like, you don't have to, I, or he, here's an even better one. The, the planet, in order to switch things around, which we're going to dive into a lot of in, environmentalism stuff in here with some action tips, but it can feel so overwhelming. You can mm-hmm. all of a sudden go from like, I'm living my day to like, it's doomsday. <laughs> like yeah. on fire and we're dying. And it's like, okay, let's find some action steps because if you're living in the doomsday life, you're going to feel paralyzed. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything. You're so overwhelmed. You're going to feel exhausted all the time because your, your survival brain has kicked in. And let's be real, survival brain is nice because it's, you know, it, it's fight or flight, but it also, you can't live there. You're going to mm-hmm. deteriorate. But also living in the ignorance, is, maybe ignorance isn't the right word, but living in the plugging your ears and going, la, 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 la. I hear this from mm-hmm. all around me, but, and I know it matters, but I don't feel like I want to change it. Um, finding those like action steps, like what's one or two things, like focus on one or two things, make those a part of your routine every single day, mm-hmm. maybe add another one. Totally. So with that in mind, cause you have so many actionable tools and tips around this stuff <laughs> that, okay. Just for listeners who, 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 um, obviously weren't there cause it was just you and me on this call, but, uh-huh. um, we, we were, t- we were chatting a few weeks ago and you had mentioned like, I was like, Oh, so like, what are like a few things that we can do to like help the environment? And you dropped like three little iron nuggets. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> like, it wasn't even like, like, Oh, like, you know, like getting a garden or anything like that. It was like, I- I'm, I'm, I'm not going to even spoil it. Cause it was so mind erupting. So like, what's we'll focus on one for right now because I don't want to overwhelm anyone but like what is like one thing that people normally don't think of that is like something you can do yeah okay I think one thing okay this is another thing I can <laughs> we'll talk dive about. into several others but I want to start okay. with just one yeah yeah totally um I think that one big thing is um we all spend a ton of time on technology in general um, as people, as artists, especially during um, the virus during quarantine, right? Like God, yeah. we are constantly on devices. Um, and there is a really awesome tool here that is going to help us save the planet. Okay, so <laughs> basically, um, we are constantly Googling things, searching things on Google Chrome, Safari, whatever, right? Um, and there is a plugin that you can get to your browsers. Um, there are actually two. One is called Ecosia and one is called OCG. And so basically what these are 
um, are that when you search something, if you have the Ecosia plugin, every single time that you search something, Ecosia plants a tree. And same thing for OCG, it's every single time that you search something, there's like a certain amount of plastics that they're able to clean out of the ocean. And like, what? That's crazy. You don't have to lift a finger other than the initial install onto your computer. And it does, I can speak from personal experience, it does not change your um, like user experience other than your like front page of your Chrome says like Ecosia instead of Google, but it's like the exact same thing. It's and the it same shows- search engine. You'll still get 26 billion results yeah. <laughs> for one it's word. Like- Google search is sweet. Totally. It's the same thing. And at the bottom of the page, it shows you um, a, a number that's consistently growing that shows how many trees they've planted. And it's just like really awesome. And then, you know, like you don't have to do anything. You're literally just, you're just Googling things. It doesn't matter what you're Googling, what you're doing. And there you go. This is the second time I'm hearing this and my mind is still blown. Like <laughs> I'll, I'll obviously put the link to both of these in the show notes and maybe like some articles or something. Cause it almost mm. sounds and like the little belief in my head is like, that's too good to be true. Oh, like, believe me. I know I did a lot of research. I was like, this has to be a scam. It is right? not a that's scam. A- it is so real. Both <sighs> of them are real. Like I have done so much research. Everyone that's like in the, environmentalism world and some sort of like online um profession they all swear by it like it is super real and the um all of like the ads and videos they're super clear on what what they do how it works like they really go into detail and explain the steps of this so that you can really understand like how does that even happen i i think i need to watch one of those videos and again i'll put probably the link to that in the show notes because it's like you like my thought process is like how often we Google uh-huh. and then moving that into Ecosia, like how can they plant trees that quickly? Uh, like my mind is just so blown. <laughs> like this stuff exists and yet no one other than obviously Bailey Harrison is talking about it. Like I'm just like, that is, it's wild. And I just, uh-huh. part of me is like, why, why are we not talking about this? Mm, yeah, that's a huge thing. Honestly, I think about that every single day. Like, I feel like I'm screaming from a freaking mountaintop every day, like, <laughs> download Ecosia, like, things like that. Like, it, um, it, yeah, I, I mean, I only heard about Ecosia within the last year, and I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they've been around for at least seven years, if not longer. Like, they've, they've been there, and their, like, mission has been the same, and they've just gained, like, enough traction to be kind of on the front lines of like people like me who like search this kind of stuff and think about this kind of stuff a lot um but yeah oh my god okay so now that you've officially blown our minds what's like (laughs) one more action step that you're like okay like this is another really good one that a lot of people don't know about Mm, okay another one also super freaking easy um and also related to technology is that um so a lot of people have heard of this idea of like ghost energy I don't know if you've heard of that it's just like when you leave things plugged in basically and it it uses energy all the time so like if you leave like your lamp plugged in or your phone charger while your phone isn't charging like it uses some amount of energy right but to take that one step further um our cell phones they need about 30 minutes to an hour to reach full charge and everyone plugs their phone in before they go to sleep at night. Oh, and so, I'm so it charges, 
oh dude me too I've been guilty for years until I like realized this and heard about this but like um it uses an incredible amount of energy and there's actually a um, national geographic article on this topic and it is like it, it literally is like just plug your phone in in the morning while you get ready for 30 minutes and you'll have full charge all day and that way you're not using like hours and hours and hours worth of energy while you sleep while your phone doesn't even need it oh my god i i'm i'm so sad and almost a little embarrassed to say that i never thought about that like that is just oh god i've got some yeah. i've got some stuff to do. <laughs> like, like so i mean that's what i was talking about about how it sometimes feels like all or nothing you know like you like when you think about it too much when you think about the earth when you think about being a vegetarian or a vegan when you think about things like this like it gets freaking overwhelming and i can attest to that also because I am a highly sensitive person. So I live every day of my life like feeling everything. And so I I think about all these things all the time, right? And it is it's a lot. Um and I think that for me, I've just I've just gotten to a point where I'm like, this is a lot and I'm allowed to feel it, right? Mm-hmm. And also like I cannot back down though. Like this is important. And I'm overwhelmed, yes, but also I am a strong freaking woman. I yes, can deal girl. With and I can unplug my freaking cell phone. It's okay. It's so funny because we attach so much emotion and and purpose and all the stuff behind it, which is good. Don't get me wrong. I think purpose is a huge driving factor of how we work. However, it's like you said, it's just unplugging your phone. Right. And, and then I'm, it's just one more thing. And it's just, and you know, it's like, like we don't have to do everything perfectly. It's not like a handful of people of the world just doing everything perfectly. It is the masses doing everything imperfectly. Mm -hmm. That is all, I think I heard that on the self-helpless podcast, which is an awesome show. um, And how I found my coach who's like minimalist vegan, like she's a badass when it comes to environmental stuff. But like Mm -hmm. it, it just, it, we, we take so much responsibility and especially as highly sensitive people as empaths you and I Mm -hmm. are both on the same level there and it's like we we like to shoulder a lot of the responsibility yes when in actuality it's just putting one foot in front of the other and if we I'm not going to say detach emotionally because I don't know if that's necessarily it and for empaths especially that's um impossible Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I'd say like just chunking it down not making mm-hmm. it so big, not making it so like the, again, doomsday and just putting one foot in front of the other. So, so, so true. Oh my God. Do you have a big, hairy, scary, audacious goal and you are ready to freaking tackle it? But maybe you feel stuck and you don't know where to start or worse, you feel like you're not enough to achieve it. If that sounds familiar, then you might be a great fit for my one-on-one coaching program. If you're ready to learn more, go ahead and send me an email at hello at lifecoachbaker.com and we'll set up your free 30-minute discovery call. Link to my email is in the show notes. Now back to the episode. I could talk to you about this for hours. Well, okay, so I want to, I want to link like how creative specifically, because obviously we know the big companies like 
oil companies, tech companies, all this kind of stuff. A lot of the energy and a lot of stuff is coming from there. However, like when it comes to creatives, especially for like, or even not even creatives or even just freelancers, Mm -hmm. what are some little things that you say we can do other than the technology stuff? Or what are some little changes we could make? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that like, I think that, so, so one thing, if we're talking about like creatives and artists, um, one thing is there's this whole like idea of eco art, which is like environmentalist art, right? And a lot of the time um, that's associated with like the colors like brown and green and like twigs and leaves, but that is not what it is. <laughs> and I really feel about it. <laughs> I have like for sure, for sure seen a lot of that, like that exists. Um, yeah. But also, like, for a long time, I looked at, like, that idea as that, and I thought to myself, like, yes, I care about the earth, and I'm an environmentalist, and also, like, I like bright colors, and I like, like, shapes, and all these different kinds of projects, right? And sometimes it's really, really hard to figure out how to merge environmentalism, or really, I guess, whatever your passion is, Mm. outside of art, with art, right? Like, it's really hard to define, like, how can I use my, for me, my visual art, to get across these ideas of environmentalism without it just being paintings of landscapes, which I also do all the time. <laughs> but outside of that, what else can I do? Um, and I think, so one, one thing that I've found, I've probably learned this from my mom because as I mentioned, she uses a lot of like found objects to make her things. Um, that, can be, that can be a really like beautiful way to create art. Mm-hmm. Um, and so an example of that is um, I have a subscription to this, um, it's a toilet paper company that's called Who Gives a Crap? And, um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, and they are awesome because what they do is they send you, um, they, so you, they ship you toilet paper. They also have like tissues and um, paper towel rolls. Um, but they send you your toilet paper in a big cardboard box and all of the rolls are individually wrapped in paper. So there's absolutely no plastic involved. Love that. Um, and there are a few, and there, I think they also have like some really, really good recycling practices in terms of like the actual toilet paper that they're making. Um, and there are a few more um, brands of this like coming up right now. Um, some using like bamboo and like other really cool environmental things. Um, but basically all of these uh, rolls of toilet paper are wrapped in like beautiful paper that has these beautiful designs on it and um and I've always been like man I want to do something with that what am I going to do because they all say who gives a crap on this so I'm like what am I going to do with this um but then I came up with this idea like I don't know maybe a month ago to um I, I had this idea in my head kind of out of nowhere that I wanted to do a photo shoot in my backyard where I made a bunch of paper flowers uh, that are really bright colors and like fill the trees with them and fill the grass with them and like create this like Alice in Wonderland-esque photo shoot basically. And so I've been saving all the papers for like a month and now I have a huge, huge stack of them. And the next step is to turn these into like paper flowers and then create this like photo shoot, right? So I think that one really, really easy thing to do is just be like, a little bit more open to the possibility of the things that like literally show up at your doorstep right like the things that your toilet paper is literally wrapped in like what can you do with that like 
there's always something cool. There's literally always something cool you can do with things like that. Oh my goodness. I'm in awe of you and your mind. Like this, that's <laughs> like the, like you said like Alice in Wonderland photo shoot. And I'm like, who is this bitch? Like, this is amazing. <laughs> like, oh my God, what a cool idea. Like, oh, and this feels so, so small compared to that. But like, one of the things my mom always did and things that I always do is like with mason jars or like with, mm. um, with like jam jars or like we just, I just finished off a pickle jar last night and it's like, I take the label off, I wash it. And then I now all of a sudden have a storage jar for like, mm-hmm. even for if I want to, I make like my own, um, coffee creamer, like I can put it in there instead of like putting it in a plastic tub or something like that. Like, I don't know what that would totally. do, but like little things like that really add up and to be honest they cute as fuck like this like you know yeah oh my god cute. I think that the like one just like big idea to remember as a creative person no matter if you're a visual artist or a performer or whatever like people listen to art and I think people like know that but they don't always like know that know that like it is freaking everywhere it's on your on your toilet paper it's uh on the things you buy at the grocery store the billboards like your laptop every single day you open it like your water bottle everything right so like I mean people really do listen and even if it's subconscious so I think that by just like presenting things that you care about whether it is like I said like sometimes I just do landscape paintings, right? And that's all that is. It's like, I was at this beautiful place. I felt inspired by it. I did a painting of it and I'm sharing it with people, right? And like, for all I know, that like seeps into someone's head as just like another reminder of how like beautiful our planet is, right? Like sometimes it's really just like, it's really just expression, right? Like we all know that. And the more that you express what you really, really care about, back to authenticity, (laughs) then the more that you're helping yourself and everyone else so basically moral of the story be your fucking self and <laughs> and dance through life like that's really just yeah. like <laughs> I love oh that. my god I mean obviously easier said than done there, there I, I had a quick question for you because earlier in our conversation you said something along the lines of you're a master brainstormer Mm-hmm. Is there like a certain process that you go through? Because I know that is a unique skill. I mm. hate brainstorming. Like oh, really? I, it stresses me the f out. Like so, my what's your process? Like how did you learn to love this, this mm-hmm. very interesting part of human existence? Let's say that. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, okay, I love brainstorming. <laughs> I think brain like brainstorming. If I could if I could just brainstorm all day, I would like the idea of being like a creative director or something like that's great. Cause that's what it is, right? You're just yeah. the idea person, like brainstorming. It's just ideas. And if you're a creative person, you most likely love ideas. And I think that the way that people are educated, man, I could talk forever about education also, but oh I won't. <laughs> but, uh, the way that people are educated though, I think is, uh, I mean, it, it, I don't think it works. I think that everyone is educated to the, to a degree, to the same way. Right. And that yeah. doesn't work. Every single person's brain is different. Yes. Um, and, and that's like, so true. No one 
can work the same way. Um, and I think that my like love for brainstorming actually came from being dyslexic because my specific like hardest thing as a dyslexic person has always been comprehension. So yes. it takes me so freaking long to like read a book or like to like um the like the thing I remember isn't like the the thing that I've always had trouble with is just you know getting from I guess that like that initial thought to that like finished thing which mm. is the process right like that's that's the whole process which is like what my business has ended up focusing on which is like so crazy to think about because it's really common for the things that people have themselves struggled with for them to end up having that be like what they can speak on and what they're, what they end up being good at. Right. Your mess um, becomes your message. That's one of my, totally. yep. I love that. Um, right. <laughs> oh, that's one of my favorite quotes. <laughs> yeah. That's a great one. I think that my, my brainstorming definitely came from my like difficulty with comprehension and just truly having to figure it out over and over and over and over and like I am so used to like my the thing I do is like process like I process things over and over and over just to like understand right and so that that comes in forms of like yes reading a book but it also comes in forms of like so if I'm thinking of a project right so um it it definitely touches every part of the process um I think that everybody's everybody's brainstorming process, I think, is and should be a little bit different. I don't think that anybody, I mean, of course, a few people, but generally, we can't all brainstorm the same way. Like, we can't all do most school-related, academic-related things the same way. Um, yeah, and I think one thing with my business that I've been thinking a lot about is this, like, this kind of helping artists to pinpoint exactly what that is right so pinpoint how do I brainstorm and then also like figuring out how do I start to love each part of the process for what it is um, because different people have different parts that they struggle with like you you express that you don't like brainstorming at all right and that's I like, get to I get so excited on like I list like one or two things and then uh -huh. I get so excited and I'm such like a I've just conditioned myself like to be, okay, you found something, take action. Like I like, oh, it's like, no, <laughs> I, I, I use like Mel Robbins is four, five, four, three, two, one rule. If something mm. really excites me, I have to take action on it instantly. I, yeah. it's so funny. Cause I love brainstorming or coming up with ideas with my clients uh -huh. when it comes to myself. I'll come up with one or two and they'd be like, okay, awesome. Let's go. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh man, I love that. We should uh, just start our own business because I'm the opposite. <laughs> I don't, I'm like, that is the part I have struggled with the most forever is that like taking action step. Like mm -hmm. I will brainstorm for days and then I'll be like, oh, I have to like take a step now. I have to like do something with it. Like I just want to like make a map of ideas and colors and things. Like, I'm oh like, my God. <laughs> we could not be more up. Well, okay. So in in that case, something interesting for you might be, like I said, Mel Robbins is five, four, three, mm -hmm. two, one rule. She says that how our how our mind works is we come up with any idea, or we get a drop in from the universe, like or creation or God or whatever. Uh, insert your word here, but um, we get a drop in that's like, oh, I want to create this beautiful piece of art. I like see it in my mind, and the way she talks about it is 
but we have about five seconds to take a step towards it before mm -hmm. the, well, you don't mm -hmm. have enough time or, well, like that just sounds like a lot of work. You should be focusing on other, that voice comes in. Right. We have five seconds before that happens. But what fascinates me here is that you, you keep on coming up with possibilities. So it doesn't <laughs> sound like a belief thing. It just sounds like the possibilities the, the, like your, your, your mind is really grown off the idea of the possibilities are endless. Yeah. I do love that. I love that. And, and I think, I mean, similar to how I think no one like brainstorms the same way. I think it's the same for every step of the process. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think that to be, to, to have a successful creative process where you're both positive and productive and happy and fulfilled, I think that you need to be able to feel good, not just like, okay, but like good at each part of the process. And I think that's really hard to get to because everyone has the part that really like is hard for them. And of course, of course you can get through projects for sure. But I mean, I think we all have the potential to like enjoy the different parts of the process. We just have not been, we just haven't been taught or we haven't found the ways that work for us in these different parts of the process. So I think that it's like super individual. And I think that that's why like having individual like coaching or classes or whatever it is that, that you're doing with that is like so freaking crucial to this kind yes. of idea because, you know, I've, I, I went to an arts college and I'm like super grateful for everything I learned. And I also saw like in myself too, a lot of things where like, we're all taught, you know, the same process, or we're all taught the same way to do something. And we're all put, we all have the same different barriers put on us from like our teachers experiences and things like that. Right. And so that, that in itself can be super limiting. And sometimes you really need someone to help you get out of that because it's like really easy to just like live in that and know that as your truth now, because it's, it's literally what you were taught. Right. And you think, oh, this is what my teacher told me, this artist, super, super easy and super normal to be like, okay, this is how this goes, right? But I am a firm believer that it can go however the heck you want it to exactly. go. Exactly. It's so funny because like we as society driven children, especially, we were conditioned, I'll say, mm -hmm. to believe that it's the end goal. Your end goal, eye on the prize, how like, you know, just like you have to get there, you have to finish, you have to get there and like all this mm -hmm. stuff. And it's like, we forget that you, yeah, I love that you say the process. We forget that the process is really the important part because it's who we become to get there. And totally. we go like, that's another one of my biggest pet peeves is people think that like, oh, I'll set a goal and then I'll, I'll walk in a straight line and I'll achieve the goal. And it's like, <laughs> well, no, <laughs> like that's not how yeah. this works. You're going to step to the side. You're going to step forward in a diagonal direction. You're going to realize the goal was actually 20 centimeters to the right. Like, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, you're going to realize it was 2000 feet to the right. Like, you know, it's, we, we forget that the process and this, uh, we, we keep tying this back to authenticity, but I think it's so important. We, we need to listen mm -hmm. because our inner, our inner self or our authentic self will say, they know what's up. They know the exact straight line path, but we listen to the six inches between our ears too much. 
Mm-hmm. We listen to that and that's what causes us to step off to the side and, and move backwards or something like that. When in actuality, the inner, the inner self, the authentic self or, or alignment, however you want to phrase it, they, they know, like they know exactly how to get there, but we just get out of touch with it. So and true. I could go on that topic for hours, but like oh, yeah. me too, girl. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you just started your business and it's really like geared towards like creative. And like you said earlier, like getting that authenticity, like starting the brainstorming process, getting people's feet off the ground. I know with everything going on in the world right now, a lot of people have like super glued their feet to the ground. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm staying here. I'm scared to even lift off. Like, mm-hmm. what is something you would say to those people to maybe get those juices flowing, to even start the brainstorming process, to get them going on like, who are you and what do you want to do? Because there's never been a better time to explore that. <laughs> yeah. I Okay. Yes. Big question. Um, let me explain what my business is a tiny bit so that I can get everyone up to speed on yes, that. Please. And- go into that. So basically my business is as a creativity coach, which is where I help creatives and artists of like all disciplines unleash their creative power. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a one-on-one coaching program and um, it's really focused on like the process, productivity, happiness, being fulfilled as a creative person um, and focusing in on how that works for individuals. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the program itself, I think it's important to like acknowledge both emotional and physical takeaways from any program that you're going to like be a part of, right? Because I think they're totally equally important. Um, And I kind of have like four, I'm calling them like four pillars that I'm using to describe like the, the basis of this, this program and this business. So First is like helping artists to um, define what their ideal artistic life looks like. Um, So kind of helping them like figure out what that is and then also build a path and kind of a map to get there. Um, And then second is helping artists and creatives um, learn how to effectively build a large body of work that they feel like proud of and connected to. yeah, so really focusing in on like what's blocking the client from creation kind of. Yeah. Um, and then third is um, unlocking the like authentic voice and yeah. self kind of and style and all of that. Um, fourth is kind of what this whole thing came from, which I've said a few times, which is developing a positive and productive relationship with your work. So that's kind yeah. of what I like, what the, the thought I had that was like, this is a business, like, this is what needs to happen, like, a positive and productive relationship with your work, like, everyone could use this, like, yeah, so that's just the the big, the big idea that kind of, like, threw this all into motion. I love that you say positive and productive, Hmm. because so often, and, and I'll, I'll be honest, I, I'm even one of those, sometimes I don't link those two in the same category. Oh, like, totally. We, again, I, I kind of boil this down into social media, but like we've, we've demonized productivity because like, <laughs> yes, I was like, absolutely. Language. Like, but we've demonized it because like, well, if you're being productive, then are you doing self-care? Do we need to have a conversation? Like, are you okay? And it's like, no, but then there's also that, like, it's like such a tightrope because if you lean too much into it, then burnout 
And the, the only reason you'd experience burnout from quote unquote productivity is because you're out of alignment. That is the yes. only reason you experience burnout. But people don't, like people, I, I keep on using this word, they demonize productivity. Whereas yeah. people have now, they're starting to use the words, um, oh my gosh, what is it? Uh, toxic positivity, which I, I think that there's definitely a, a, a umbrella of that for sure. Mm-hmm. But also there's positive positivity. Like I think that yes. we're leaning so much into the toxic where it's like, wait, no, 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 no. Like right. there's this thing called positivity and you're allowed to link that with being productive. And that's what we call fulfillment. I mean, like, yeah, that's, honestly. that's what we call like, I mean, like, I know with you and I, like we get to do what we love and, and yeah, we get to make money off of it, but it's more about the contribution factor. We get to see that client journey and that is the, I could go on a whole different subject. Yes. Well, (laughs) I, I so, so, so agree about that. And so like when I was, even that first sentence, right, that the developing a positive and productive relationship with your work. So like I said, that kind of like started this whole snowball thing of like, what is this business? But I was super hesitant to use both of those words for those exact reasons. And then I was just like, no, like this is what it is. And a huge, huge, huge thing for me, as I've mentioned a million times, is the process. And so the process has all these different steps. Like we start with like brainstorming and stuff, right? And and there's all these steps within it. But along the whole process, this idea of productivity, yes, is so negative usually. And I completely associated it with that, um, especially after like going through college. Um, but, <laughs> oh, um, knife in the gut. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, oh yes. But I feel super, super strongly that what, what I have in this whole program laid out is that it's important at the beginning of, well, what I'm calling like my program, but I guess it could just be anyone's creative practice, right? To sit down and define what these parts of the process mean to them and what they look like for them. Because if you just use the words and the definitions that the world has given you, like everything's going to be freaking whack all the time. Like, scrambled what- eggs is what I like to call it. You'll have scrambled eggs. <laughs> like- so for me, what, what I've been thinking about with this whole program is like one of the first steps is to define what these steps are for you. So to define what productivity looks like for you and something that, I, and so for me, like that includes like that I painted my nails two days ago. And that includes like so many pieces of my day. And like, and I think that being like a productive person, that's like being like, that's like, feeling like you've achieved your work and feeling like you're achieving what you care about and like it can be a beautiful thing same thing with positivity toxic positivity totally exists being positive also just exists like (laughs) they're separate things and I think again back to social media it's really really hard to separate these things because it all just gets kind of like as you said scrambled eggs eggs. um but yeah they are like different they're, they're different things and they I, I think it's really up to the individual to like define what they want that to mean for them and a way that I've another example of this is in my um my own practice lately I've been posting about this on Instagram lately but something that I started doing was like 
how do I define a successful piece of artwork? Um, and <laughs> yeah, and like, this is huge because um, like for me, as I said, I do a ton of types of art and the most, I'd say the most common thing that I do is I do like, I guess what some people would call is like doodling. Like I have a full sketchbook full of like marker and pen drawings that are shapes and colors and just like what comes naturally to me. And I, for a long time, I would literally say like, oh, I'm in school for architecture. I'm not like actually an, an artist. I just like understand art or I just like, I'm, I'm like, like something close to art, adjacent to art, right? Mm -hmm. And then I realized like, I do so many forms of art and you know, that's the whole story. But with these drawings, for example, those were one of the things that I thought of like that. I thought of them like, I literally thought of them like, these are doodles, not art. And yeah. that's like, they're, they're the same thing. Um, and also that's totally up to me what I want them to be, right? Um, and so I have made myself a list of questions and it's on my Instagram, anyone can look at them, but you can also like use your own questions. And so it's basically just like, you know, like, does this make me feel happy? Did I enjoy making this? And like, when I answer it, I usually like take a second to like think, think about what the process was like so like when I answer like did I enjoy making this it's not just yes it's like yes I really like using this color of yellow and I listened to really really loud music while I did it like that's part of the process and that's fun and then I ask like do I feel happy looking at it now and yeah there's like a whole list of questions but they're all just like super related to my truly just like my feelings about it right um yeah, I think that it's really important to self-define what you want each part of your process to look like and not what other people think your process should look like. You're speaking so much truth. Oh my <laughs> God. Literally, so one of the things we talk about on the podcast a lot, and I bet every listener knows exactly where I'm going with this, is the quality of your life is in a direct reflection of the quality of the questions that you ask yourself. Mm -hmm. So a lot of us, because the reason is, is because your, your questions lead to focus. You're going to focus on the answer and where focus goes, energy flows. So if you're asking, cause a lot of people are asking themselves questions like, God, why am I so lazy? Why didn't I do that today? Why do I suck? Why am I not enough? Why can't I get this right? Why am I such a failure? I mean, like I could go on and on and on. But you're, I love that your questions are directing your focus towards like, what did I learn from this? What did I enjoy about right. it? I love that. I love that so much. And I love that you ask yourself, you say like, it's yes, because. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. And it's also important to like, I think acknowledge, like I have been in exactly that position you're talking about. And, mm -hmm. you know, not to say it never comes up still, of course it does, right? Yeah. Like everyone has those feelings. Oh, yeah. And, um, and I think like, honestly, why I've gotten to this point of being able to ask these questions is because I hit such a point of that, of like that negative energy towards myself and that like negativity when I looked at my work or feeling unproductive because I, have been classified as an overachiever many times and so why you're on this podcast <laughs> yeah and so I think that like you know I get I guess it all again boils down to authenticity and like being okay with just honestly 
being who you are, being confident in that. And like, that relates to so many things because being like, when I'm told that I'm an overachiever versus feeling like myself, that I am, like, I could say to myself, I am, I am like full of ideas. I always am getting stuff done and it feels really good and it's positive, right? But when I'm classified by the outside world as like an overachiever and someone who's super productive, it's really hard to step out of that when I want to or to do anything else other than that. And then I end up with what you were talking about, about burnout, right? So it's all about listening to yourself and like interacting with the outside world, the outside creative world, being a part of that for sure, but like standing so strong in your own freaking feet while being in that and that's really really hard and I am not like like full disclosure I am not all the way there I don't know who is but that's my that's my idea that's where I'm trying to get I have chills up and down my entire body that was so freaking good I that's where I that is the podcast right there that is it. like oh my gosh wow you're incredible. I'm just like, that was so, so good. Oh my God. Well, thank you. for time's sake, I want like, I want to finish up things, but like, thank you for that. That was so, I hope that people literally go back on the 30 second button on <laughs> iTunes or Spotify or whatever you're using and listen to that all again. Cause that was, so good. <laughs> um, Bailey, let's do some segments right before we wrap up. What yes. is a small goal worth celebrating that you've achieved this week? Um, I am like basically releasing my website it's like ready to be released as of today I'm gonna do a little bit of like tweaking on things when I get off this call and then either release it today or tomorrow so I'm super excited I have been trying to do that for literally years since college I was like you should make a website and then when I started the business I was like okay you actually have to make a website for so sure I'm really excited <laughs> Oh my, I like how I was like, what's a small goal? And you're like, I built a fucking website. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That is a huge goal. Congratulations. That is no small feat. Oh my God. And then last but not least, how did you get in your own way this week? Mm, Definitely. I spent some time feeling, you and I actually talked about this, feeling guilty about um, prioritizing other things over getting work done. And it was like, it was just me feeling like, okay, I have a ton of things on my plate this week, feeling super overwhelmed and out of time for work stuff. And so feeling bad about it. And then when we talked and we started like thinking about it, realizing like, oh, it's not that I'm like not being productive, you know, that word. It's like, I love that, that I, <laughs> yeah, it's that I am like, I'm, I'm busy. I'm doing things that, that matter to me, things with the people in my life, things that are happening. Um, and yeah, that definitely got in my way for two full days. And then when, when we talked about it, when I started thinking about it, I was like, okay, what the heck? Like, no, don't, don't do this to yourself. Like you, you are prioritizing what you want to prioritize and everyone should always do that. Oh God. It's so good. Oh my, I know we talked about this and I know that you and I shared wisdom back and forth on this, but like, I couldn't agree more. Like a lot of the reason why people feel stressed out about time and about what they're spending their time on is because they're Mm -hmm. spending time on things that either feel out of line with their values Mm -hmm. or they think they feel out of line with their values. Yes. And it's, oh God. Everyone, the moral of the story of this is just go take a values course. <laughs> like, please, God, it's so helpful. 
Bailey, thank you so much. Last but not least, of course, where can people find you? Oh yeah. Um, people can find me on mostly Instagram is like my biggest platform and it's Bailey Fritz Harrison. So B-A-I-L-E-Y-F-R-I-T-Z-H-A-R-R-I-S-O-N. And, um, now on my brand new website, which is also baileyfritzharrison.com. Beautiful. And I'll have both of those in the show notes as well for people to explore. Bailey, thank you so much. You're such a light and so full of wisdom. And I'm going to go download all the browser extensions now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me on here. I feel so honored and excited and just really, I'm really jazzed up now. Thank you. It's good. Wow. Gosh, I love talking to Bailey. She's so easy to talk to and just so down to earth and so matter of fact. I so appreciate how she's just like, I'm all these different things and I get to be multi-passionate and we get to celebrate that because after talking with you guys a few um, a few of you after last week's episode, a lot of you were saying how I'm afraid to be so many things or I have so many things I'm so passionate about. And I hope you got some good stuff from Bailey that it's okay. In fact, celebrate it. Stop beating yourself up that you have so many things that you love. What a freaking gift to yourself. So before we finish up today's episode, let's do some few big takeaways. Number one, when you make an identity shift, like what we were saying with I'm a vegan or I'm a writer, you get to take away all those little excuses-like decisions. It becomes easy. Number two, alleviate some pressure off yourself. You do not need to do it perfectly. It's okay to be messy. Number three, small little things that you can do to protect the planet. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. You can use the plugin for Ecosia. I put the link in the show notes. You can plug in any of your own devices for only the time that they need to charge and then unplug them. And then also you can subscribe to Who Gives a Crap. I can't say that without smiling. It's so funny. Or something like that. Something that will literally be delivered to your door that can help save the planet that you use anyway. Just make it nice and easy. Number four, when in doubt, brainstorm it out. This is something I'm taking into my own life and I hope you all are doing as well. Number five, positive and productive can be used in the same sentence and category. We do not have to be so freaking hard on ourselves all the time. Number six, ask yourself, how do I define a successful blank? Did I enjoy this? And if I did, why? You get to do more of what you love to do. It's amazing that that sometimes feels like a light bulb moment. And last but not least, number seven, You get to self-define what each part of your process gets to look like. Your process. You guys, don't forget to go and follow Bailey. She is so awesome, and I'll put the links to her Instagram and her website in the show notes. Thank you again, Bailey, for being on the podcast. It was so awesome having you on. I hope you all got some great takeaways, and I'll talk to you soon. I love you all so much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Now, please take a moment to either rate the podcast five stars, write a little love note in the comments, or share it on social and tag me at Life Coach Baker. I mean, heck, you're an achiever. Why not do all three? It helps so much to get the word out there. Now go, take the leap, and achieve your dreams. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.